All right, we are back. We've been away for a while. Shit got busy. We're all good, though. How's everybody doing today or this evening? Good. What have you been up to, Brandon? I feel like we haven't talked in a while on the show. Uh, uh, I've been preparing, you know, for Josh's wedding, picking out which suit to wear, going to get him some Timberlands for finish off his dress. Uh, similar to what Russell Westbrook was wearing. So, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know, I got married uh, a while ago, about a week ago now. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're hitched about up. A about a week ago. About a week ago. Jarek, what you been up to? Um, I've been just chilling. Been working. Just you know, living the dream. Uh, excited to be back on here. Excited to be talking sports again. Even though we've been talking sports not on air, but. Yeah, I'm just excited to be back. Yeah, our schedules are freed up a little bit, so we're going to be coming at you more and more often. We got a, a, a little bit of a, of a plan moving forward, so uh, we're going to have a hockey show. Jarek and I are going to do that every week, and Brandon will hop in every so often. We're going to have our basketball show. That'll be all three of us, maybe with some guests every once in a while. Uh, the wrestling show will keep going with Jarek and I, and then Brandon and I have our own show where we'll just talk about sports and whatever the hell we want, so... Look for that moving forward. Boys, it's the best time of the year. I fucking love this time of the year, just after Labor Day, where everything gets going again. We got the NFL starting, and we'll, we'll loop back to the NFL in a second. The Jays are red hot right now. Basketball is about to start up. Training camps are starting for hockey. Is this your favorite time of the year for sports? 1,000%. I don't think, like, the the excitement, the, the newfound hope for your team, if your team's not, uh, like, a favorite, if your team is a favorite, there's there's new hope. Maybe they'll get it done this year. But uh, yeah, like you said, it's it's the best time of the year for sports, for sure. What about you, Brandon? Is this your favorite time of the year? Or are you more of a playoff guy? Uh, I I personally, I mean, I like it because uh, it's a lot of anticipation, especially mm -hmm. uh, wondering where new acquisitions will fall into your favorite team or around the league, and where the the best teams will add up and like you know who you're predicting to be the best, but I always hate that too because a lot of people come off with like some some sideways predictions that think that they they really got on to something, which yeah. uh, that 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 part of this is like uh, the prelude to every professional season, as you've you've heard my um, my comments, is that everyone thinks they're an uh, an analyst until you know the second week comes. Yeah, for sure. Like predictions are fun, but you get those people that are like, yeah, I think, you know, the Detroit Red Wings will figure out a way to make it to the cup finals. Like, okay, well, I'm just going to mute this guy on Twitter. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, we got a couple, uh, a couple notes to get out of the way. First off, Jarek, give us an update. What's the score in the Jays game right now? What are we looking like? We were at, uh, last time I checked, we're at, uh, oh, just kidding. The Rays just got a home run. Oh, so it's a 8-1, I believe. So, so good, good job pulling uh, Manoa there, Montoya. Yeah, so 8-1 Jays. Yeah, 8-1 Jays over the Rays, and they're both wearing uniforms that so look exactly the same. Our Toronto Blue Jays are rolling right now uh, in a wild card position after being nine and a half back of the Yankees like two weeks ago. So they are pushing. They're making this meaningful baseball. Brandon, you and I were, we were on the course a couple days ago. Um, shout out to our guy, Patrick, who was paired up with us. Um 
and he was saying like he's always worried about the end of the season and the Jays dropping off. And then he said, "Yeah, like I only watch the Jays when it's meaningful baseball, which I think is understandable. There's 162 games. Is this meaningful baseball for you right now with the Jays making the push?" Yeah, uh, especially I think this uh, whenever this episode comes out, it'll be like the uh, probably the first game when I watch will be the next in good timing because they'd be whack ass timing, 10 o'clock. 1 p.m. back-to-backs. I don't yeah. got all the time in the world to watch baseball. Uh, however, uh, when Toronto puts on, it's one of those things where it's just like, um, I guess it's the, it's the only sport where it's the only Canadian team, right? And the Raptors. It's like yeah. the biggest thing that happened. It's like the biggest thing that happened in the country. Even if you're a sports fan, like, uh, whoever the biggest stage on is professionally wise, professional wise, like you just saw with the, uh, tennis player i think her, her name was leia or, yeah, leila fernandez you know so regardless like even that was exciting that was big news and i didn't watch that but i was uh aware of it so i think that uh i gotta put um my marcus stroman and batista throwback jerseys to use yeah, for sure. Like, it's always exciting when the Jays are doing well and the Raptors are doing well because, like, Toronto's kind of – we're not Toronto. It's Canada's only teams in their respective sports for the top professional level. Obviously, we have amateur leagues and, you know, like, G League teams and stuff like that. But, you know, when, when you get your top team performing at the top level, it just really brings the country together. It's awesome to see. So, hopefully, the Jays can keep it going. And we're talking about other uh, – you know, Brandon, you mentioned Leila Fernandez. we got to shout out Canadian women's sports here because – at the Olympics, the Canadian women's soccer team, they won gold in a penalty shootout. It was very reminiscent of the Euro Cup final for me. So I was kind of having flashbacks where England lost in penalties. And then we had, um, you know, a lot of a lot of other big things happen as well at the Hockey World Championships. Canada coming back from a deficit to you know win gold in overtime. And we just had Leila Fernandez make it to the U.S. Open final as an unranked 19-year-old, which was exciting. So we just wanted to shout out uh, Canadian women in sports. You guys got anything on that? Yeah, I think it's just awesome to watch. It's awesome to hear about. It's, it's kind of awesome to see. Like when, you, uh, like when you go into Twitter and you see just all these, like all the success happening, it's, just, it's, it's really nice to see. Yeah, I agree. I believe that... Um... It's been the summer of Canadian women in professional sports, as Josh has said, on not only um, what is that on the tennis courts, but on the soccer pitch and on the hockey rink and in the Olympics, especially with um, Penny Alexiak, like just making world records. I guess we haven't even talked since around then. And um, and Jesse Fleming had a had a strong showing for the soccer team. Too. Exactly. So really, the list goes on. We're missing a lot of names, but. Um, good for the country and good for the game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. I got to step out for a second, but I want you guys to just, uh, Brandon, why don't you run the NBA talk? I just had something come up quickly. I'll be back in two seconds. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's freestyle this. I'm gonna let Maddie know about this. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Utah jazz. Okay. So there's this viral clip. I don't know if you saw, um, yeah, yeah, of Scotty Barnes uh, playing some outstanding defense in a pro Miami run. Before I explain what the clip was, I watched uh, an eight-minute clip that came out on YouTube, actually, about that run. And the, the players that were on um, Scotty Barnes' team was uh, Scott himself, Gary Trent Jr., so two Raptors, Colin Sexton, 
uh, there. And then there was someone who I did not know. And the fourth guy was um, uh, another professional. Oh, uh, Buddy Heald. And so that was an amazing team in itself to be put together. It was The other guy wasn't, I don't think it was an NBA player if I'm concerned. But obviously they were playing against um, even players such as Donovan Mitchell. Um, I believe Tim Hardaway Jr. was a clip too where um, Scotty was at least six feet away on a closeout and still blocked a step back shot. And then also got down on a block where you could see uh, Donovan Mitchell's reaction. He was kind of blown away. And it is just like um, seeing these clips, not only is his athleticism really standing out, but his wingspan is like, you could almost think that he could like touch his ankles, like standing up straight and just putting his arms to the side. I think that uh, as every week goes on and as every highlight film comes out, uh, Masaya Jury and the Raptors continue to prove why this was uh you know, not as much as of a surprise as a lot of us may have thought. What do you have to think on his progression since being officially drafted as a Raptor? I mean, as a Raptors fan, I don't think you can be anything but happy about it. Like, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I think the Raptors have clearly shown the type of style and the type of player they're going after. So, um, I don't know. It's just it's exciting to see. It's exciting to see someone develop and almost prove people – the doubters wrong already because of the people who who, are, who already decided that it was a it was a bad pick. Um, I don't know. I think year after year, Masai has proven that he knows what he's doing when it comes to drafting. And and I don't know. And going back to the clip too, it's just exciting to see someone who's is so invested already. It, it seems like he's he's so willing to improve what he needs to improve on. And I think what it's shown too is the Raptors' style is it's we're gonna we're gonna kill you defensively. And then it's going to lead to putting baskets in, and I think that, and I think that's what Nick Nurse has already proven he can work with. And I don't know, I'm excited as a Raptors fan because it's not, it's not that team that's going to be full of stars, but it's going to be team a team full of hard workers. And I think that's what that whole Canada mentality versus everybody thing brings. I, that's I, a very good point. Yeah, I just want to jump in here because I, I assume we're talking about Scotty Barnes. Sorry, boys, I just have to deal with something yeah. quickly there. Um, but uh, the talk about Scotty Barnes. Um, I wanted was it Jalen Hurts at number four, and then uh, you know they, they draft. Uh, yeah. Jaylen oh no, Jalen Suggs. Sorry, there was two Jalen. Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for the yeah. Miami Eagles. The fuck Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, whatever. Same thing. So yeah, I wanted <laughs> Suggs. I want it. Yeah, that would be a great pick for the Raptors to draft a quarterback. Yeah, but um, no, when I've seen these videos and this guy's personality and, you know, he was in Toronto the next day. It seems like he really wants to be here. He seems like he's, you know, a bulldog uh, on, on the court. And uh, he reminds me a lot like his work ethic, kind of like Kyle Lowry, which I think is going to be a nice little fit for this team. And um, I, I think uh, Nick Nurse is going to be able to do some great things with him, which I think is what you were saying at the end there, Jarek. So it's going to be fantastic. Of, uh, of uh, to see this guy development through the through the years. Hopefully, he stays as a Raptor and doesn't get you know snatched up by one of those fucking LA teams. I have a question for Brandon. How deep, as a Raptors fan, do you think people can get into that clip? Though, like, do you think they kind of have to take it with a little bit of stride? Sorry, can you say that again? When it comes to that clip, as a Raptors fan, how excited do you think a Raptors fan can actually get about that, or do you think they have to almost? I, I don't know, chill out about it because it is a it, yeah. it is a practice run in a way. Yeah. Well, considering I brought it up and I would consider myself a Raptors fan, I got rather excited by seeing it just because I guess uh, we haven't seen much, especially with them being out of country for the last you know year and a bit. 
uh, every bit of film that's not a professional game on TV is nice to see. So I think what stood out for me the most was seeing him uh, gel so well with uh, like Gary Trent Jr. and other like high level NBA players, like as if you wouldn't imagine that he hasn't even stepped court in an official game yet. So, uh, I mean, all those things you have to put together, the intangibles, obviously as a fan, you haven't, you know, seen anything yet. So it's more, at least it's more to be excited about than to be cautious about. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, we're all excited to see the Raptors get going again. Um, but something exciting with the NBA, uh, they're looking to do something that's kind of a field of dream style game. Now, do you guys all remember the NBA, uh, MLB did a field of dreams game where it was in the cornfield? They all walked out of the cornfield and it was a fantastic game, looked amazing on TV. The NBA want to do something like this. And the NBA VP of basketball strategy and analytics, whose name is Evan Wash, uh, said we've explored it and we'll continue to talk about it. The Field of Dreams game was incredibly successful. No surprise, it sparked discussions. So if the NBA was to do something like the MLB did with the Field of Dreams game, obviously the NHL is their winter classic, what do you think this would look like? Would it be kind of a game on the beach? Would it kind of be like a street ball thing, maybe on a famous street somewhere, a rooftop game anywhere? Brandon, you're our basketball guy. What would you like to see the NBA do something like this? Um... I think the best way to go about this, similar to as how the MLB did, would be completely original. So some of the ways that they can go about that is to avoid some of the most popular ways that it's been done before. Uh, one that stands out the most was, I think, a NCAA game between Army and the Navy or something like that, played on a, a, like a, uh, an Army boat, uh, a landing plane or in the middle of the, uh, of the water. And that was a beautiful sight. It was a crazy uh they had fans and they was just docked off the water so they was in the water which was great um and then uh they had street games where it's not run by the nba but like it's uh like kevin durant and kobe bryant would show up uh to like new york city park runs i think the best way to do this though would be um probably it's tough to answer there's so many uh, options to the origins of basketball, maybe even it's hard to say that you want to relate this to like Canadian Canadian basketball because James Naismith was Canadian, obviously, and that's the founder of basketball and the inventor of the game. However, like the market and the probably put the production and the value of bringing like that type of game to Canada would be super low and not effective for Adam Silver. So it would have to be in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that in mind, like that's I'd love to go off of what your ideas would be. Oh, I, I think street ball would be the way to go. Maybe you could do it like their biggest market. Street is ball's, uh, unfortunately, street ball is kind of a liability even for the NBA. When you're playing street ball, there's a lot of things at risk if you're not playing on a hardwood court. So what they can do yeah, is yeah, but they can put, put a hardwood court in anywhere they go. Yeah. But if you were to put them on the actual cement, it actually is a lot different because no, uh, so NBA yeah, hardwood has like, air and spring within the board. Yeah, like you wouldn't be able to do it on like you know, Dundas Street, but you could put a court on Dundas, you know what I mean? Um, like they, they, maybe, maybe they could do something on Hollywood Boulevard, you know, there's a couple of famous streets in LA they could look at. Uh, I think that would be a cool site. Um, I'd like to see something maybe on a rooftop. Uh, I like that battleship idea. That sounded pretty cool, but I, I think they got to get creative with this. Jared, what do you think? Honestly, I think they could go like the, like the 2K My Park theme. Like, because mm-hmm. it's 2K is really almost one of the most popular, like easily the most popular video game in the world right now. 
and people love to play High Park online, I think you could easily kind of do something like that outside, kind of bring, I don't know, thousands of people to a park somewhere and kind of recreate that My Park thing in real life. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's going to be uh, interesting to see the development of this. I don't think we'll see it this season, but maybe next season, once we can get a little bit more clarity on what they can do with you know, COVID restrictions and all that. Um, it, it's going to be fun to see. Ben Simmons, he wants out. Um, and I think they want him out too. Apparently the Warriors are one of the teams that he's going to. The package before the draft was reported as Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, a seventh, a 14th, and two future first rounders. But apparently that, you know, was just kind of a phone call and hang up. There's no desperations on either side, but Simmons does one out and he can start to apply pressure. I think we'll see a little bit more movement on this trade as camp starts and he doesn't show up. Brandon, you're you're a basketball guy. Where do you see this going with Ben Simmons? Because he's obviously a top tier player in the NBA. Will he fetch a nice little, you know, bargain? Or is he is he moving? Will he show up? What do you think? Okay. I don't like Ben Simmons. I don't like talking about Ben Simmons. Nothing about his game is attractive to me where he's been. And the Philadelphia 76ers is all the, the downfall of that team has been, you know, woefully watched by me and a Raptors fan. So just to get that out of the way, I don't really care about Ben Simmons. However, you know, that'll sway my opinion in saying that I believe his value around the league is, 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 is clearly going down every day, if not week, that passes by where something doesn't happen. And uh, I'm not sure that's not necessarily his fault or his, his party's fault. I think that uh, the Philadelphia general manager is off of his rocker, let's just say, and is asking price for Ben Simmons. Yeah. And uh, clearly doesn't understand what would get him a fair trade in today's market, especially where the player uh, is a superstar and would only want to necessarily go to a place where he desires, right? So uh, among the teams listed, right, you talked about Golden State. I was interested in that. I know um, something that I thought would be uh, Andrew Wiggins, um, James Wiseman, and a couple first rounds because they just drafted two top 15 players and are going to get clay back and you'd get Ben Simmons essentially wouldn't be losing too much. And that's a pretty standard trade to run a super team in today's NBA. Uh, but with that being said, the Warriors don't see that as actually going to be possible. And um, the only other destination that's been in conversation with, you know, trending topics would be the Minnesota Timberwolves and uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, have a great connection to Ben Simmons because uh, I think Carl Anthony Towns, Angel Russell used to play actually he didn't play college so I think they used to be they're all close friends however uh, if you think about what the the big four would be Carl Anthony Towns D'Angelo Russell Anthony Edwards and then Ben Simmons and obviously you'd have to uh, imagine to part way I think the with one of them and that sorry and I think the uh, the Timberwolves general manager came out and said that Anthony Edwards and um, those two are untouchable. He said D'Lo is very preferable not to leave. 
but even then, there's nothing else attractive on the Timberwolves, really, that would help the, the Philadelphia 76ers other than picks. And you're not looking for simply young guys with picks when you want a, a player that can help your team right away because you're still competitive with Joel Embiid. So uh, really, like, as much as I know is as much has been said out on online, there's really nothing going on. All I know is that uh, Ben Simmons doesn't want to, like, even, you know, as he wanted Don uh, 76ers logos, he had a hair, he had a picture uh, on Instagram where he was getting his hair cut and uh, the bib was all 30 NBA teams. It was actually kind of a joke. It was rather funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was like a, a week ago. So, you know, clearly he doesn't know where uh, he's playing either. Eric, where do you, how do you see this playing out? Honestly, man, I'm so over it. It's such a mess at this point. Like it's just, yeah. I'm just, at this point, I'm just waiting for the, the, notification to pop up on my phone and traded to whatever team finally takes the risk on them. I just really hope it's not, it's, Raptors, it's not the Raptors taking the risk on them. Yeah, I don't I don't think the I don't think he'll end up on the Raptors, but no. how about this but other than the uh, Raptors, other than the Timberwolves and other than the Warriors. Um, yeah, Warriors. That's all left off one team that would be a shot in the dark that you would like win money off potentially if it, if you were just to guess where in your in your random like where you think it could potentially land i think portland sacramento steve ballmer's a crazy man so i'll go clippers so uh, that's interesting to have on record so we'll see if we can come back to that one day yeah. I have nothing to back up my pick. Just that Steve Ballmer is a fucking. You do actually. A lot of people who who are who are Clippers, you know, demons, want to think that trading Kawhi Leonard is a good thing for Steve Ballmer because of how injured he is at the moment and what his contract is worth. However, you know, be as with what you may. That's that's pretty much losing your your new arena and why you built a whole yeah. new franchise rebound. Right you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, moving on, on, the NBA G League, they had a pretty cool announcement today. They've announced that they have their first Latin American team for the 2021-2022 season, the Mexico City Capitans. The Capitans will play all of their games in the United States this season due to COVID-19 restrictions on international travel. So um, it's pretty cool that they're getting a team. But also, I just think this shows that the NBA is starting to become really a worldwide game by expanding outside of you know Canada and the U.S. I, I think this is pretty amazing to see. Obviously, Masai has done a lot of that legwork by doing his – is it Giants in Africa, he calls it, uh, his, uh, his charity where he grows stuff there. Obviously, this is in Africa, but we do see a lot of NBA teams reaching out. So um, I think this will be cool to see. Uh, Latin America is a massive market for all sports, and this is going to be really interesting to see how this develops. Maybe we'll get an NBA team out there eventually. Um, related to COVID, the NBA has informed teams that it anticipates that fully vaccinated players and team personnel will not be required to undergo regular coronavirus testing during the season. Non-fully vaccinated players will undergo regular testing. Fully vaccinated individuals are not required to quarantine if close contacted, and they will have no restrictions on team activities. non yeah, that's the end of that. So that's for Champs Urania. What do you guys think of the um, – or, Jerry, what are you ready to kind of step out for a second? Jerry, what do you think of these new restrictions that sports teams are coming out with due to vaccinations and, you know, team staff, personnel, and all that? It's to protect the players, obviously. I think it's the only way they could have taken, right? 
honestly, at this point, like if you're making millions of dollars and you're making the amount of money you're making, just go get the vaccine. Like it's, it's, it's yeah. so, it's, it's so childish at this, like that we're just, that we're discussing these players that are, that are making upwards of $30 million a year, not wanting to go get a needle to just to make sure that they can just keep doing the sport they love. Like, yeah. I just don't understand. Like, it's just, if, if I have to do it, making what I make an hour, this guy's making 30 million a year and, he, and he's against the, a needle. It's just, it's just, it's mind blowing at this point that, that we're discussing having to put rules against these players that are not, that are deciding against the vaccine. It's yeah. ridiculous. I like that uh, sports leagues and it's not just the NBA doing it. The NHL, is that a hard line on their policies no, yeah, too? They should. They the, should. The, the NFL have said that if you can't play a game, you are not rescheduling it. You're forfeiting that game. Yeah. Um, I like that they're putting the responsibility on the players. They're putting the, you know, the onus on the players and the teams. It puts it on the management too and the staff. So I like what they're doing. We saw in Columbus today that a coach got fired because he wouldn't get the vaccine and they, that opened up a job for somebody else. So if you're willing to sacrifice your job just because you don't want to get the jab, then you know what, somebody else can take your spot because it's all about protecting people. So and I'm all, and I'm all for everybody having their own choice and, and freedom of doing what they want to do. But I mean, at this point, I just feel like, I don't know what other way to say this. But I just feel like you're an idiot. If you're, if you're risking, if you're throwing your job away because you don't want to get a job, I, I exactly. don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. Exactly. I mean, obviously there's medical exemptions, but. Um, no, but still, if I'm, yeah. if for basically like, one of the bigger reasons of why I got the vaccine was so I can go to sporting events and keep doing the, the J the, and my annual Jays games and stuff like that. But it, it's just, it's mind blowing that I'm doing that, making what I make an hour just to go spend $80 on a Jays ticket. But then these, there's, there's these players and sports athletes making millions of dollars and making money every time they go out there onto the field or onto the ice and they don't want to do it. It's just, it's mind blowing. You guys want to hear a story? More for story time. All right. So I know this guy, I'm not going to name him, but he's a massive anti-vaxxer. Okay. And he essentially. I'm just eating a Rice crispy. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> I'm sound clipping that. So yeah, he's a, ma <laughs> he's a massive. <laughs> he's a massive anti-vaxxer. And essentially he was like, he shares stuff on social media. Like I've got it. I don't really talk to him anymore. Um, but he messaged me and he goes, yo, I got the vaccine so I, we can go to Leafs games again. I'm like, what? You, you, you didn't want it. He goes, yeah, don't tell anybody though. But, you know, and he continued sharing stuff. So I messaged him back and said, dude, why did you get the vaccine? If like, you're so fully against it. He goes, oh, because, you know, I want to be able to go to Leafs games. So like this guy, because he fully like, he, he's like, yeah, the government's tracking me. It's solely going to kill you, all this, blah, blah, whatever the fuck they're making up about it. He's like, I believe in all this, but Columbus is rolling into town on Thursday. So he's like, well, like, going, <laughs> yeah, you know, just go and get it. I mean, and honestly, if sporting events, if not being able to go into sporting events is what it's going to take to get people to, you know, get the jab and protect other people, then fuck it, go for it, right? But uh, no, these let's teams, not get too political. That, that's not, but these teams are taking a hard line. Brandon, you wanted to do some predictions. Yeah. Okay, so uh, after he finishes his Rice crispy, so we're done. Rookie of the year for the NBA. Why don't you start us off, Brandon? What do you want to do this next show? No. Um. 
probably Jalen Green. Yeah. Or Scotty Barnes, but that's really biased. And Cade Cunningham is, yeah, but Jalen Green. I'll go with Cade Cunningham. He was the first overall pick. I think he's going to have an impact year for his team. I'd yeah, say Pistons. Sorry, Jerry, what was that? I'd say Cunningham. Yeah, me too. Uh, most improved player. Who do you have, Brandon? <clears throat> um, good question. Well, you're the one that asked it, so yeah, I should think so. Uh, I believe Jaron Jackson Jr. of the uh, Memphis Grizzlies is coming off a couple injuries and hasn't played in a while, and uh, with a healthy, healthy team with a with a new backup and Gasol and John Morant. Uh, you might not know his name now, but that might be the winner. I also pick that one. You convinced me. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Raptors bias on this one. I'm gonna I'm probably gonna butcher this name, but I'm gonna say uh, Precious Achiwa. Is that how you say it? Bless you. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I'm excited for him. That's a good pick, actually. I like that one. Uh, and then we have the MVP of the league this year. This is an interesting one because there's so many heavy hitters in the league now. Uh, I'll start us off. I'm going to say Curry. I think he's coming out flying this year, and I think he's going to light up the league like he used to, and I think the Warriors are going to make a push. So I, I'll go Steph Curry for MVP this year. I'm going to say Luca just because I want to say Steph, but I don't want to because you did. But Okay, I'll, I'll say Luca then because I like Luca, so you can have Steph. I want to say Luca because I like Luca. But, okay, but I think I think Steph could have won it last year. Uh, that was the narrative because he did it all by himself, considering he won't be able – well, he won't necessarily be doing that again. Uh, he, he might not be MVP numbers. His his, his balls will – his ball handling numbers – his ball handling minutes will go down. Uh, and, and even his points might go down because of Clay Thompson returning. Uh, however uh, – I think at the narrative at the moment is that Luca has no more help continuously. So I think that he might have another season. Jerry, who you got? I'm going to go with the best player to ever play the game in the history of basketball, LeBron James. All right. So the LeBron James. Okay. Taking the safe pick, I see. Well, he's been banned the last few years for winning it. So hopefully this year he finally gets another one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so those are way too early predictions for – preseason predictions uh we're gonna take a quick two minute break and then we'll be back with the second half of our show okay so uh in hockey news there's one major story uh casperi cockley was offer sheeted by the carolina hurricanes a one-year 6.1 million dollar offer sheet and in return the habs got a 2022 first and third round pick what do you guys think Wait, of one year yeah it was just yeah. one year one year oh. one year so they but, over they in my opinion they overpaid for him. He's not worth six point one million dollars. He's got like a few seasons under his belt, and they did this out of spite, man. This was revenge for the. That's what Marner's worth. We can get to that later. Tune into uh, Orion on Ice to hear our full thoughts on this. This is kind of a teaser show to give you a taste of everything. So, what do you guys think? Like, do, do you like offer sheets? Do you hate them? What did you think of this one, Jarek? Why don't you kick us off? I fucking love this one because fuck the Habs. Like, this is great. Like, I don't think anything could have happened, like, better could happen to the Habs. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I, like obviously, 6.1 is, is crazy, but I don't know. I, I like it just because it's a, it's a little bit of an FU back to the, the Habs for what they did with Alho a couple years ago. 
Yeah, for sure. No, I, for I, anybody I, who says it's not, it, it clearly is because it's oh. it's the same two teams. It's the the they're same type of young player. Obviously, not this at the same levels that they're at, but still, it's it's for anybody who says it's not, you're done. No, it's clearly a revenge uh, a, a revenge offer sheet. Brand, what did you think of this when you saw it? I didn't know it was just for one year, and I thought it was expensive, but I thought it was multiple years. Um, but wasn't no, there no, a rumor that an extension already? Or something uh, along those lines? Yeah, they're talking about an extension, but I think they want to see what he has first. That's a massive contract to give a guy, right? Um, I liked it because I don't like the Habs. Yeah, yeah, I think that's where we all fall. Like, we can't give a fair judgment on this because they also like, and it was also like it was done well. Like they did it to them, and they took a plan and schemingly did it in return to them to a similar player, finished player, young. Yeah, for sure. I thought it was you know it's it. Buddy got paid and good for him. Um, He's supposed to have a breakout year. Yeah, well, I don't. Well, we, I don't. I don't think Kakaniemi was ever going to have the type of season or type of hockey, like skill or stat wise, that he was ever like that he needed to have in Montreal. I just don't think it was ever going to work out there. It's just the too big of a city, too much pressure. And I think they have Drew like, coming back anyway. Carolina. Yeah, for sure. Drew coming back too. So that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, you can kind of fill, fill in there, I guess. Um, so we'll talk about this more on our on our hockey show. Um, we just kind of want to touch on the, the big topics. Uh, one that I touched on earlier, Cleveland Monsters associate coach Steve McCarthy has replaced Sylvian Leferbre as an assistant coach on Brad Larson's staff for the Columbus Blue Jackets because he decided he did not want to receive a COVID-19 vaccine and will not be able to perform the duties required of him given to current NHL protocols. Now, an interesting twist of the story was it was originally reported that he left under his own accord. That was not true. He was actually fired by the Columbus Blue Jackets because of this. So maybe this is the only one we see. Maybe we see some other ones with people refusing to get the vaccine and they can't fully fall under the, uh, the, the protocols and all that because NHL teams are now allowed to, allowed to suspend NHL players who miss time because they don't have the vaccine. So say Minnesota comes here for a road swing and a player on that team is not vaccinated and isn't allowed in Canada, instead of putting that player on the IR and still paying them, the Minnesota Wild would be allowed to suspend that player and then they miss out on a week's pay because it's a four-game road swing, which could be a good big chunk of money. So I, I think this is uh, the first and only domino we will see happen. I think players are going to take notice of this. and I think coaches will take notice of this too. But can you guys imagine like having one of the best jobs in the world as an NHL, you know, even an assistant coach? That's like that would probably be a dream for all three of us to be an assistant coach on an NHL team. There's only what 90 of those positions available in the whole world, and you give it up because you didn't want to, you know, protect yourself and others. I just think it's crazy that this happened. I know everybody has their opinions on it, but that's just mine. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that or you just want to leave it at that, but I know we kind of touched on it earlier. But, I don't know, I think I said it before, but it's one of those things where, like, I don't want to get too into the whole vaccine versus non-vaccine thing, but it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just, like like I said before, it's just, we have the, they have one of the best jobs in the world, a job that, like you said, we'd all want to have, and they're just, in a way, throwing it away because they don't want to get a vaccine that's going to help protect the players, the team, and give that team the best shot at winning a Stanley Cup because they're not going to have to deal with, hopefully, as many COVID test yeah. fails or whatever they did last, like, last year, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Brandon, any thoughts on this? You want to leave it at that? Get your shots. 
There we go. Attaboy. And one final thought on the uh, NHL. They are going to the Olympics. Um, they got all the approval. Players agreed to go. The NHLPA signed off on it. There's uh, insurance um, on, you know, there's COVID insurance on it and all that. The NHL is allowed to pull out within three days, apparently, because of, um, you know, if there's a massive COVID outbreak. So are you guys excited yeah, to see? I've never heard about that. Yeah, is the are you guys excited to see NHL players back at the Olympics? Uh, yeah, like they mid. Oh yeah, they missed the last one, right? Just one. Yeah, they missed Pyeongchang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh... And Canada still made it to like the uh, like the semis. Are is it this coming? Is it this coming winter? Yeah, twenty twenty two, February. So we'll get one more good year of Sidney Crosby, honestly, and. Um... Yeah, he's injured. He might not Maybe make it. Bergeron and those Bruins guys. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm a Matthews fan, but I think look out for Team Finland. They always find a way, man. They always sneak into a medal game somehow. No, Team Russia's yeah, taking it. Uh, Russia's banned from the Olympics. Are actually Olympic athletes of Russia. But well, yeah, okay. Well, whatever. Whoever Putin's with, they're winning. No, no, they're not going to win. It'll be Canada. It'll be Canada-USA final. No, because Conor McDavid is going to be on the ice for Canada, and he's going to give the puck up in the last minute of play because he doesn't have a defensive game in his own zone, and Canada's going to lose, just like the Oilers lose all the time. All right. So uh, we're going <laughs> to... We're going to start wrapping it up here. Make sure you tune into all our shows. This is just meant to be a little bit of a teaser for you. Jarek and I are going to hang up here and then hit record again because the main event of Raw is on and we think Big E's going to cash in. Brandon, you can join us if you want. You probably don't want to. You look like you're hungry for some more breadsticks. So I'm so hungry, but Big E, I have an investment in. So you want, you want to join us for that? Big B. Come on, Big B. Come on, Big B. Big B and Big E. <laughs> I think Brandon's grabbing, so he's grabbing his trading card that we got in. Uh, Brandon and I bought some W. Yeah, there it is. Lift it up. You got the light on it a little bit, man. Lift it up a little bit. I can't even see him. Yeah, there you go. Right there. That's a nice card. Official Royal Rumble card. You got the mat on it and everything. So make sure you follow us everywhere on Twitter at Orient Sportscast, on Instagram at Orient underscore Sportcast. Uh, follow all our socials. I'll drop them all below. Make sure you tune in soon. We'll be back very soon with a new show. We're not sure which one yet. And as always, remember, fuck the Habs. <laughs>